What's going on, coaches? Just a few more days till our RTP Virtual Summit uh, starts up. If you guys haven't got your free ticket yet, please go to our, to our website, runthepower.com. Go to Virtual Summit, sign up for your free ticket. Now, we've got two coaches every single day starting on Monday, the 18th. Uh, we'll go through two coaches all the way through Sunday. So 14 coaches. Again, all of them are for free. Um, every night it'll be at 6 p.m. Central, except for on Wednesday, it'll be 4 p.m. Central. You guys get to watch it live, chat live, all of that for free. Uh, if you miss a day or you want to be able to review some of the video, go back and watch it again. You guys can order our all-access pass also on our website. Um, that is going to be $75 until the 18th. On the 18th, that Monday, uh, our prices jump up to $90. Uh, and then once the summit's over, uh, those prices will jump up again another $15. Uh, all of our RTP Premium members, they get access to all three of our series. We're adding two more series here in the next few months. They get access to all of that. Uh, they also will get a huge discount on our all access pass. They will only get they will get that for only fifty dollars. So, um, you guys for sure make sure to go sign up for the free ticket. Uh, it's going to be a blast. We've got some amazing coaches on there. Uh, can't wait to share that with you guys. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Go Route. Go Route brings practice efficiency into the twenty first century with on field digital risk coaches. Trusted at practice by more than 350 high schools and 30-plus FBS and FCS teams, GoRoute allows coaches to instantly send scout cards and installs to players so they can stay up-tempo all practice without the need for binders or managing multiple huddles. Compatible with all major play-drawing systems and hand-drawn cards, GoRoute teams routinely double or triple their practice reps daily. If you value practice time and want the best preparation, then you need to go no scout cards with GoRoute. Learn more at www.goroute.com, which is G-O-R-O-U-T. Email at sales at goroute.com, or just give them a call at 866-777-1448. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Sideline Power. Sideline Power is the industry leader in coaching communication. Offering cutting-edge technology and innovation, Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their programs to the next level with new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. Throughout their expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communication at price points for every program. They're family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality. Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. Visit them at sidelinepower.com, at info at sidelinepower.com by email, or give them a call at 800-496-4290. This episode is also brought to you by uh, Guardian Caps. Both of our programs uh, at Broken Arrow and Ankeny invested in Guardian Caps this year, and we feel that they are really helping our guys out. Uh, they're soft shell helmet covers that reduce impact during practice and are used by over 100 colleges and 1,000 high schools. Texas, Clemson, Oklahoma are just a few of the colleges using them right now. Check out our show notes to see what Coach Lincoln Riley has to say about them at OU and to get some pricing. Uh, and they're actually a lot more affordable probably than you guys would even think. Uh, go check them out at guardiancaps.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Chad Soma. Coach Soma is currently the offensive line coach at Wagner High School in Wagner, Oklahoma. Listen as we talk with Coach Soma about running a heavy gap scheme rushing attack, the theory as to why they flip their offensive line, and developing offensive and defensive linemen when you have to share those athletes on both sides of the football. You can follow Coach Soma on Twitter at SomaChad. Hope you guys enjoy. Well, Coach, let's go ahead and get it rolling uh, so we can get you back All to right. watching some football uh, and, and we can get rolling on, on some ball too. But um, So how we normally start this is I'll, I'll just let you introduce yourself as far as, um, you know, how you, you know, your football journey coming from, you know, your playing days all the way up till uh, now, you know, kind of how that brought you through it and, and now what you're doing uh, coaching-wise. All right. Uh, Chad Soma, offensive line coach at uh, Wagner High School here in Oklahoma. Um, my journey, 
let's see, I graduated high school in 95, uh, played at Oak Mulgee uh, under Tom Condit. Uh, that's how I know Coach Condit here at Wagner. Uh, didn't play college ball, went to college, uh, got out of high school, had a little too much fun, came home, went to work, and uh, started a family, all that good stuff, and eventually uh, decided to go back to school and finish up my degree because uh, I've always wanted to coach. And uh, did that in, let's see, graduated in 2012 at NSU. Um, but while I was going to school there, how I got hooked up in Wagner is I was, you know, I was like, man, if I'm a coach, I better get back into the game, you know. And and I thought, you know, living in Tulsa at the time, I was like, man, where where could I go? You know, where could I get into it? And it clicked. I said, man, Dale Condit's at Wagner, and I'm going to school in Tahlequah. And so I looked him up and gave him a call and told him what was going on and asked if I could come hang out and get back in it. And he said, come on, man, let's, we start summer pride, you know, in July, whenever it was. And, uh, you know, been there pretty much ever since, um, did two years there while I was going to school, 2010 and 11. And, um, after I graduated, they didn't have any, anything open. So I got hired on over at Kellyville by Kelly Anderson and I coached there for a year. And then, um, Wagner's defensive end coach left and, uh, got with Dale and he told me to come over and interview and, and went over there and got hired and I've been here ever since. Uh, so 2012 would have my, or 13 would have been my first year back at Wagner and I did defensive ends that year. And then uh, 2014, I switched over to offensive line, been doing offensive line ever since uh, at Wagner. So that's where I'm at now. Uh, as far as, other sports, I'm, I'm I uh, am the boys golf coach. Believe it or not, you don't see too many old line coaches <laughs> coaching very golf. Often. But, love but it. But I tell you, I, I love golf. Uh, I fell in love with it a long time ago. Uh, my first year back at Wagner, I was actually assistant baseball coach. Uh, first two years back at Wagner, I was junior high, and then the next year I was high school assistant. Got to go to the state tournament that year, which is a really cool experience. Um, but then the golf job opened up. I, I went and begged Coach Con. I said, please give me that golf job. Please, please, please. The TBAD, too. So uh, <laughs> he found somebody that would take the baseball job. So I got the boys' golf job and uh, just been doing that ever since as well. And I absolutely love it. Uh, love the game. Um, you know, that's something that you can do when you get old. You can only play football and coach football for so long. But, you know, golf, I'm going to do probably till the day I die. So uh, <laughs> that's uh, something I really enjoy. That's right up Coach Walls' alley. I think that's oh, all man, that uh, Coach Walls wants to do. That's that's oh, like man. the dream job right there, Coach Soma. Dude, I'm telling you right, right now, listeners, that, that is LTD for Coach But it, it does not get any better than Coach Golf. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, drive them to the meet. I mean, you can't coach them actively while you're out there, you know, because that's against the rules or whatever. You can't tell them what club to hit, things like that, you know. Make sure everything's good. And then literally, mm -hmm. I, I know when they're practicing, you get to go play. So I mean, oh, yeah, man. I, I go play with them, hit balls with them. I mean, yeah. not all the time. You don't play. Yeah. Everybody thinks you're out there every single day playing. Yeah. But <laughs> you can't do that every day. But there no. are days you get out there, you get a couple of them, say, hey, let's, let's go play a few holes and see where you're at type stuff. Uh, and I'm, I'm not a pro by any means, but uh, I, I absolutely love it. In fact, you know, the, the course out here on Fort Gibson Lake, uh, if the greens weren't covered, I'd have been out there today. But I called out there and the greens were covered, so I couldn't go. So. <laughs> well, Coach, I, I can't remember, ever since I can remember at least coming back, and I don't remember when I was – when I was uh, going through high school in Broken Arrow, but uh, Wagner's, you know, won you know, state championship almost every year, it seems like. Uh, was that – has that been going back ever since you first got there in 12? Or, uh, sorry, in 10? Or was that more uh, recent? Well, um, Coach Connett took over the job in 2005. And his first year, I think in 2004, they were 2-8. and eight, And then in 05 – he took them to the state championship game. They ended up getting beat by Clinton, I think it was, in the finals. So he's had them rolling ever since he's gone, been here. They've never lost in the first round. I think Jeez. there's been – now I haven't been here. I'm pretty sure it's four years they haven't made it to at least the semifinals hmm. since he's been in Wagner. And so that had been 
runner up in 05, runner up in 2010, which I mean, for me to, to get to come hang out and, you know, I just kind of helped. I couldn't be here every day, but he let me still during the season, uh, you know, I helped out with O-line, helped out with D-line uh, in 2010. In 2010, we went, got beaten overtime by O.C. Douglas. Uh, and then 2011, we won Wagner's first state title against Clinton uh, there in Stillwater. And then, then we won three in a row in 14, 15, and 16. Jeez. I so, remember, I, th- I think I got to watch. What, what year did you guys, I think, go to Broken Arrow to play your state championship? I want to say in uh, – must have been 16 maybe. I don't know. I can't four, remember. Four, it was 14 and 16. 14 okay, with uh, the Broken year. Arrow. Yeah, 15 we played at Owasso. Okay, 16 I got to actually go out and watch. I got to stand up at the, uh, you know, kind of the indoor facility, and we got to watch that game. So it was a, it was a really fun game to watch. Oh, yeah. That we brand were, uh, of football that you guys play. Oh, yeah, we, I absolutely – I mean, you've watched it. We run the ball, and we run the ball a lot. I mean, yeah, we're going to throw it uh, some, you know, when we have to. And, and, uh, but Coach Conant is – Let's run the football. Let's be physical, control the clock, punish, punish the defense you're going against. And, and I love that. I mean, that's how, honestly, you know, I played for his dad in Oatmoggy back in the 90s when we were, Oatmoggy was really good, and, and that's what we did. Uh, it's almost the same run, running scheme. Uh, obviously, passing has changed a lot since back in the 90s. But, uh, you know, we run the football. And uh, I absolutely love that, being a, a lineman. You know, you get to – impose your will on a lot of these teams and uh, uh, take control of the game. And, and as you know, you got to be able to run football to win. You have to run the football. Completely agree, Coach. And I know you guys have always been a pretty tailback-heavy offense, right? We're going to hand it to, to one dude, and, and he's going he's gonna to make a lot of guys right. What do you guys kind of you know, list as your bread and butter? I mean, if you were to, to sit there, Coach Condit, and yourself, and they said, you guys have to run one running play. What's going to be your guys' go-to day one install? Uh, I'm going to say it's power. In 14, 15, 16, <laughs> we ran power, and we ran a lot, and we ran it well. Um, yes, you did. You know, we, <laughs> uh, and we and in, that, in 16, you know, we had Malcolm Rodriguez as our quarterback. He's, he's playing safety at OSU now. Uh, and he, was, he is a big, strong kid. And, he, you know, Especially in high school, he was just stronger than everybody else. But you know, we ran power with the quarterback uh, mm-hmm. on both both on you know, both sides, left or right, didn't matter. Uh, of course, we flop our offensive line. Hmm. We have what we call a, a strong side and a quick side, right. and powers to our quick side. And uh, it's we don't pull because uh, we run the the diamond ice. We had two fullbacks back there, so we use those fullbacks to mm-hmm. to uh, kick out and lead on the the linebacker. So and then it's either the tailback or when you've got a good running quarterback and you can mix that in there as well. It really, really helped us a lot. No, I always enjoyed watching you guys. And like I said, I mean, you always had dudes that, you know, when they, when they did hit that crease just right, you always had some home run hitters too. And it could really demoralize those defense, you know, all of a sudden maybe they, they score a couple of times, but when you guys were smashing it and then you'd hit those home runs, hit those home runs, especially late in the game, you could just see those teams just tap out. And it was, it was a lot yeah. of fun what you guys play on. We, we have been blessed with some, some really good uh, athletic skill kids, uh, running backs, fullbacks. I mean, in 14, 15, 16, we had some fullbacks. Even in 2011, we had some very athletic fullbacks and tailbacks. So uh, it's really important with, you know, when you're running the ball like we do, you've got to have those guys in the backfield uh, that can get it, that are strong, and they can – and when they get out the field, they can outrun people. Well, like you said, Coach, it makes it so much more fun for an offensive line coach, in my opinion, um, to to be able to be a team that pounds the ball and, and runs the ball a lot. And then you get to come in on Saturday, Sunday. You look at all the different formations. What's going to, you know, what formations are going to look the best for us? And then how are we going to run game? You know, and you can change some different things up because you are so run heavy that you can make adjustments in the run game where. Uh, you know, I've been, I've played on some teams where, you know, we're, we're spread, throw it a lot. And so we're going to run zone and, you know, inside zone and maybe, maybe a, a gap scheme play, but there wasn't a whole lot of changing for that offensive line coach. It was, okay, how are we going to pass protect? What schemes we're going to use pass protection, which is, is important. But to me, it's just, it's a lot more fun. And me and coach Broyles 
uh, the other offensive line coach at Broken Arrow, we talk about it all the time, just so lucky that we get to be and run this brand of football that we do at Broken Arrow because it does make it just so much more fun as the offensive line coach. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, we, we don't do a lot of zone. Uh, we're running sweep, power, blast, and trap are typically our, our full run plays. You know, our, our sweep and our blast are what we run to our strong side. And then trap and quick – or trap and power are quick side. So, if, you, if you're – a defense can't necessarily be right. Now, yeah, they're going to make some plays here and there to, to stop it. But, you know, if we see them overloading one side or the other, we can – you know, if they're tightening down that, that five technique down to a four, four eye, getting into a three, we know we're going to run power at them. Uh, you know, if they're tightening that five down to head up four, we're going to sweep on the other side. So, it just – we kind of try to look to see what they're doing and we can start kind of, you know, picking it apart. And, and Coach Connor, you know, he calls our offense, so he'll, he's really good at it. And uh, it doesn't take him long to figure out where they're going to be. Always like, uh, I've always liked the idea of having a quick and a strong side. And, and we've actually even dabbled with it a little bit more um, two years ago or a year ago. And then we used it just very sparingly this year. Um, we didn't necessarily have a quick and a strong side. We just kind of, told our strong side you know we kind of had an everything side uh, in the state championship game had our our two big guys go front side on power and then our quicker guys go play side on on outside zone and then uh you know we kind of mixed it up like that but we never had a true quick and strong side but we did a couple years ago I always really liked that my only my worry was always man are we giving you know defenses you know are they being able to get even more keys with who's strong and who's weak and and the answer that I kind of came up with once we started running it was not really. It, it almost – it's like it was almost too too much information for some of the defensive coordinators. Maybe not for them, but it was for their kids. Now they're guessing, you know, oh, okay, they're on this side. That means it's probably this. But then you with – that with the running back. And then, you know, uh, oh, but then every once in a while they will run this to the strong side. And so I actually ended up really liking being able to do that we just didn't necessarily need to do that this year, but I, I really like being able to do that. Yeah. It's, you know, I never, uh, when I played, we didn't do it. Uh, of course, you know, being, being out of the game for so long, uh, and then getting back into it and I get there and, and I'm talking to Dale about everything and he's like, well, this is what we do now. We flop our line. And I was like, really, you know, why do we do that? And he's like, well, it simplifies your scheme because, you know, your center, you know, your center is your center, but your strong guard and tackle, when it comes to sweeps, they do what they do, okay, every time. They do what they do on blast, whereas you don't have four guys having to know what to do necessarily on blast. You know, your quick side is zone on the back side on sweep and blast. They run zone every time. Play, you know, play side gap, head upper linebacker. That's where they're going. And then when you go on to the quick side, uh, it simplifies for your strong side because then they run zone most of the time when we run power. And then trap is trap. You know, we'll run that probably four or five times a game. And most of the time, you know, it's going to hit big at least twice. And, you know, you run sweep, sweep, sweep. And the next thing you know, you come back with a trap. And, uh, and the next thing you know, you're 40 yards down the field. So it, it, it really simplifies what our line has to know. That's, you know, what – you know, what their keys are on this play. And I, I really, I grew to really, really love it. I actually love it now. I can't, you know, I coach, uh, it's funny, I coach my, my little son, my third grade, I coach his little league team. And I'm hoping next year, your fourth grade year, I'm going to try to do that too. Yeah, and, and the guys get so good at the, the things that they do because you're not asking them to do 20 yeah. different things. You know, you cut it down to 10, and so obviously – you know, and they need to know the other 10. So I'm sure you guys still work it a little bit, but you can at least focus on what they're going to do the majority of the time. And it, it makes them even better at those 10 things. Oh, definitely. And you, you know, we have, you know, we've got some guys like we had a, uh, would have graduated in uh, 17, a kid named Mateo Pena. He played a little bit of everything. Uh, he's kind of our utility guy. And most of the time he was, he was our quick tackle. Wasn't very tall, but he knew how to down block and he did it well. But if somebody got hurt, I could, we could put him at center. We could put him at strong guard. I could put him at strong tackle. And this last year we've had, we had a couple guys that, that kind of, 
that moved around a little bit. Uh, we had some injuries early on in the year, so we had to move some guys around. So you always have, you know, one or two guys that kind of know every spot, you know, and that helps a lot when somebody goes down that you can plug somebody in that say always a strong tackle or a strong guard or move your strong guard to center if you had to. And they know all those spots anyway. So it helps. Uh, but then you have some guys that, that only know that one spot. And right. You don't want to mess them up. Yeah. <laughs> when they get, when you get a guy that's really good at that quick tackle, good at down blocking on power and getting the linebacker on trap, you don't want to mess that up by moving to strong guard, you know, because your strong guard is your pulling guard on sweeping and trap. So uh, you don't want to throw too much at them. But, you know, these guys are running the same offense in junior high. So by the time they get to high school, most of them have a pretty good grasp of, of every spot and, and all the techniques they have to use to, for every play. Coach, because you guys do run trap, you know, obviously a lot more than, than we do at Broken Arrow, uh, I, I always – like trap's always what I want to run, right? We run a lot of power. We're going to double the three. And so I always want to go – I think, you know, what, what Dave calls anyway is easy trap. Don't, don't block the three. Um, you're not setting them up. You're just going past them. Looks like a double. Kick the three with a guard. Um, but my worry always is, is we just see so many guys slant, and it's like people slant on, you know, are slanting uh, 50% or more of the time, probably more, you know, 75% of the time, guys are slanting against us. And so it always scares me they're going to slant into the trap. Is that something that you guys work to, or, or what do you do when you do get a, a three? You guys still want to run trap, obviously. You get a guy that wants to uh, slant or a team that slants a bunch. Well, our rule is we're going to trap the first guy past the center. Okay. On that quick side. So it, we could trap a one, a two, a three, to whichever one, all the way out to a four. I mean, it just depends on what they're doing. Now, if they're slanting into it, you know, we're going to, we got, you know, our, we're letting our guard know, hey, they're, they're slanting a lot from this side. So you got to be ready for it. You know, don't get too deep. Uh, keep your head in the hole, you know, and, and, and get there and get there to hurry and make your block. So not that we don't worry about the track or the, the slant into it. Uh, I, what worries me most of the time is, uh, is a backside, like if you got double twos, mm-hmm. uh, if that strong, the two on our strong side where our guard's pulling from, if he's coming in and your center doesn't take a good enough angle uh, to get backside, you're in trouble there because that two's going to mess everything up in the backfield. So, I, me personally, I worry more about that backside slant than slanting into it. Coach, I know uh, you talked a little bit about you know, having guys ready, your utility guys. I'm, I'm interested, you know, when you go uh, quick and strong, you know, what does your indie periods look like? You know, do you have to, you know, flop guys? Do you, do you change stances? Do you let them get in the, the most comfortable stance? And then how do you kind of decide, you know, I mean, so, so say your strong guard goes down, you know, who, who do you kind of designate as that sixth guy? Or, you know, how do you kind of handle all, the, all the, the intricacies of that? Because I've, I've done both things in the past as well you know, where you maybe you have a true number two at each spot or, you know, you, hey, I, I got a swing guy that, that will bump in and he's my next best dude and we'll, we'll move a guy. Well, you know, being in 4A, we don't have the luxury of near as many guys as, say, Broken Arrow and Union or Wasso and all those guys. So uh, you kind of have an idea, you know, when you first start, say, spring ball, that's when we really try to look at everybody. But since we also coach a lot of these junior high kids and freshmen, we kind of know where they've been, you know, their skill set. You know, you know, you can kind of look at a guy when he's playing freshman ball, you know, he's going to be able to help us out, you know. Uh, so we, we kind of have an idea already where they're going to be, and we kind of put them in there. But, but you see how they perform in practice uh, during spring football and things like that. You know, you see uh, even in JV, we found some, some guys that, could, that helped us out in JV games. You know, you could look at a guy playing – you know, quick guard, and he's talking, you know, how good he gets to a linebacker when he's zoning. You know, he gets there pretty quick. He could probably also pull, you know. You know, guy's good with his hands. He's got good feet. You know, that's probably going to be your strong tackle for sweeps. So, because he's the guy with good feet, good hands, that's going to be able to get around there and hook block for you. So, we have an idea already because we see them play so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they're going to be, and we kind of keep them in that spot. But, you know, you, you do see the guys, you know, you know who your smart guys are, you know, the, the really intelligent ones that, that get it, and then they kind of know everywhere. But, you know, when we go into Indy, uh, you know, we have our install day where we, we put in, you know, show them what defense we're probably going to see, 
and uh, you know we'll we'll switch it over. We'll have them you know strong side line up on the right. We'll run sweeps there at the fat look. We'll walk through it, then we'll flop it. You know we'll go let's say 28 sweep, and then we'll flop it and go 27 sweep to see how they line up that way too. And also depends on how they line up with you know our fullbacks, you know our motions because we motion a lot. We motion our fullbacks, we motion our tailbacks, our receivers. You know, we do a lot of motions out of We do a lot of different formations. Uh, they don't look the same, but we can run most of our plays out of no matter what formation we're running. One of the things that, that we've kind of run into, and not run into, luckily I was kind of prepared for it the past three years uh, from since when Walls was at Broken Arrow, but is when you start getting into these heavier packages and, and you are run heavy, and like you said, we do it as well. We, we motion fullbacks, tight ends, we trade. We do a lot of shifts and motions. When you get that, you know, defenses are, especially ones that think they might be a little more outmanned than others, are going to bring – uh, completely, it seems like different defenses than they've shown the last eight weeks. You know, we've seen I think five different weeks this this uh, this season where we got a completely different defense, where they shifted. You know, they moved a whole lot more, or they would shift at the last second when they've never shown that. You know, you get a lot of that when when you're a good football team, especially one that wants to uh, run the ball heavily, and you got a lot of gaps that they've got to cover. So they can do that a lot of different interesting ways. So. You know, even if you're seeing a, a team that's going to be, you know, whatever, an under front most of the time, is it still something that every week you've got to work, okay, that now they still could line up in this, and then so you've also got to show your sweep uh, to multiple different fronts just, you know, to keep that fresh in, in your guys' minds? Definitely. You definitely, you know, we'll, we always try to look at, you know, if a team, you know, like let's say Ulaga, who we played in three of those title games, uh, they get – they do a lot of odd front and even front. Um, so, and if team if a team shows us, you know they're gonna get an odd front. And the next thing you know, the next film you got them, they're in a, they're in an even front. You know, you know that you gotta have them prepared for both of them. You know, or are they you know, are they more of a head up nose? Or are they getting in shade? You know, just that simple shade can change a little bit of what we do. So, uh, we definitely you know anything that we see. Uh, or that we've run in the past, we try to be sure that uh, they're ready for about anything. But the, the great thing about our schemes are is nothing necessarily changes with the play. You know, let's say sweep, or we'll, we'll say blast, which that's the inside. You know, our strong guard, he's going to get the first guy past the center, and our strong tackle is going to get the second guy past the center, no matter what. So if we're in a, an odd front, the guard knows he's going to help out with that that shade or that head up nose, and then help to that backside backer, and then then the uh, the tackle's got the next guy. So whether they're even or odd front, you know we we have them ready to go, and they're going to know where to go. I love coach, that. Yeah, that's that's important. Good, Wall. Sorry, I was just going to say, Coach. I didn't I didn't know if you if you'd said, but when you guys are quick and strong, so say you're on the right side, are you guys always in a right handed stance? Or do you let the kids kind of just get in whatever stance they feel is comfortable for them, knowing that they're flip-flopping? Do you teach both stances, left and right, or do you just let them get in one? We let them get in one. If, they, okay. if they're comfortable with their right hand down, get their right hand down. It doesn't matter what side of the ball they're on. Um, uh, that's, I, I've never uh, – I know a lot – some guys are, you know, if you're on the right side, you put your right hand down, you know. And that's fine. Uh, whatever works for you, we just never have – uh, just this year when we got in, it's kind of funny, toward the end of the season, we started getting into more hurry-up stuff, you know, two-minute O. And we, you know, finally me and Coach Connett, well, Coach Connett said, hey, man, when we're in two-minute O, we're in hurry-up, you guys just get two-point stand. You know, you don't have to put your hand out. Sure. And I had never yeah. seen him do that before, <laughs> and I liked it. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I say, you know, yeah, you know you're throwing. Let's put our kids – you just said it, hey – I want the kids comfortable. They can be whatever stance they want. Well, it's two minute. We're down. We got to throw. I'm probably right. gonna be better in a in a two point stance so I can see these blitzes coming. I can get back in my kick set a little bit faster. Heck yeah, definitely. And that's and that's where that's the part where I struggle because we don't throw it as much. Right. So our guys don't get as much work. You know, doing your kick steps and, and all that stuff because we're typically, you know, we're running the ball. You know. Uh, I've heard Coach Connett say it a hundred times. If we're throwing the ball more than ten to twelve times, we're getting beat. So, <laughs> you know, we don't yeah. throw it that much. You know, uh, we yeah. will throw it, but when we really, really need to, and we see or when we see something that 
we can take advantage of when we're, you know, running, 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 and then we'll go and play action on them. So it's, uh, it, you have to make those adjustments. You know, you, you got to let your kids be comfortable at times. So, but yeah, if, if the kid's on the left-hand side of the line and he wants to put his right hand down, go for it. I don't care. And, and that's one of the things that I kind of started making more sense almost to me this, this year, maybe not more this year, just it started making sense as we were, we were really good on, on two yards or, or less. You know, if it's two yards or less, I, I forget what the average was, but it was somewhere up in the 80s, I think, 80s, 90s. So it was like just because it's third and five, if you're pretty sure you can get three yards, which we probably could, you could go th- third and five, you could still run the ball. Right now it's, it's mm-hmm. uh, you know, something that it's almost a – trick play to the defense it's third and five it's supposed to be an automatic pass you run it there's still a good chance you get the whole first down and then really all you need is three or four and as long as you're in a decent position on the field it's not a big deal to go for it on fourth and one so it kind of sets all that up and then and then my other question was and that was before you even kind of brought this up but uh because I kind of ran into the same thing this year we threw it so little and then the majority of our passes were play action passes so it wasn't even like You know, we do a lot of one, not a lot of one-on-one, but we get one-on-one pass rush, rush in every day, and that's what's always helped us in, in pass rush. Well, this year, you know, of our passes, you've got to think that whatever it was, 40, 50% of them were play action, where we're not really getting a whole lot of, of work on just one-on-one pass pro of that. So we started trying to short set guys and run set them, but you're still not getting a great look because they know it's one-on-one pass pro. They know it's a pass. So what – Assuming you guys probably run quite a bit of, of play action when you do run your passes, what are some ways that you guys do work that? Because like you said, you, you just don't do it as much, so you don't have as much time for it in practice. Well, what we're going to do, you know, in practice, we just, we'll get up and, and one-on-one, like you said, and, and uh, you know, we'll tell them your offense, your defense, on the offensive line movement, we'll have somebody stand back there like they're the quarterback, and we got to, you know, we want to give them four or five seconds to – to get the ball off, so we work everybody. I mean, we try to match up, you know, who's strong, who's 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 going to be the toughest guy to have to block for these O-line guys, and we'll we'll mix several guys in there. Uh, we have guys call each other out sometimes, trying to make it a little bit more fun. Um, but uh, that's how we will practice it. But you know, we have uh, having most of the time one to two backs back there. Uh, you know, they help us block a lot for the, the linebackers. So we're allowed to, you know, double the nose or go big on big on one side. And then the other side, you'll, you'll work with the nose. And then the tackle gets, you know, the guy that's on him there. And then everybody, the backs are looking for, our, for any blitzes coming. So that helps it with play action as much as we run the ball. Uh, but like we do run a lot of play action, lots of waggle, um, a, lot, a lot of waggle. We, we throw that a lot. We can, uh, with, with this year, have we had a sophomore quarterback, so we had to be uh, very careful uh, as to what we were calling. And, and you know, for the season went on, he got more comfortable, and, and that really helped too. And and being a sophomore, I think me personally, it helps when you can run the football because you know we had uh, Skyler Adair, who's uh, I know this year I think he had 1,800 yards rushing. Last year he had pretty close to 2,000, so that helps a lot when you have uh, a lot of young guys playing. I know one of the things that uh, Coach Stoops used to do, uh, Harp, when, uh, when, when he was play- coaching defense when he was in his younger days at, at OU, was he, he wanted all their segments. You know, he, he didn't really have an inside run segment because he thought it, it, was, it was for the defense to cheat. You know, right. all, of our, all of our guys were going to be at three yards. You know, linebackers are, are fitting it now. You know, safeties aren't reading keys. So he always had within the script, you know, when the safeties number down there, they, they would throw three or four of their play action passes all the time. Hmm. He didn't, he didn't want the, the defenders to get bad habits because he wanted them to read their keys. So that's something I've done a little bit in the past. Now that'll, that'll piss off your D coordinator. <laughs> they better be on the same page. Yeah. Especially when, well, they, when they don't know it's coming, but quite honestly, I mean, it, it makes sense because, you know, you get into all these, these inside run periods and safeties are at five yards and they're making tackles and hitting running backs. Well, you know, let, let's just make it a team drill if we're going to do that. Yeah, our typically our inside run, uh, we don't have a lot of uh, – we will have D-backs in there, but they're not our true D-backs. But it's, we are – you know, we're going to be heavy D-line and linebackers in our inside run periods. 
but it's it's hard when um, you know your your defensive guys pretty much know what we do when we're going in motion this way or that way. They know what's probably coming, and our kids <laughs> even know because you know and you guys probably run into that too because they they see it every day. So it's, right, it's yeah. kind of hard <laughs> to to get plays off sometimes. <laughs> the pre- the scout team all Americans, man. Oh man, it just frustrates the mess <laughs> out of you. And and when you when you have to run a play twice, that guys act like you don't know what's coming. Don't yeah, be right. that guy. And bless their heart, because those guys are trying to you know they're trying to show yeah. something, and, and they don't always think about that because they want to make that play. That's right. It's always that's always for me a tough thing because. Uh, you know, like you, like you said, at a bigger school like, like Broken Arrow, you've got so many kids. So we've got a scout team, and, and there are kids that aren't going to get to play a whole lot probably other than JV that year. And so they're just wanting to play hard. They're just wanting to play football and play hard. And, you know, they get, you know, whatever. But then you're like, I know I know you know the play, but uh, and I don't want to tell you to not go hard, but uh, kind of don't this time because you already know what the play is. <laughs> yeah. My favorite's like when you're trying to practice screens and the D line just stops or they jog off the ball and you're like, oh my god, uh-huh. <laughs> makes it tough. You got to always, hey, it's a or, screen. We need you to rush. We need you to rush this time. Yeah, right. pass. Or, go, go. or when that outside backer runs out in the flat when when he knows what's coming and tries to get the pick and all that. You're like, come on, man, let's complete the pass. Yeah, that's right. Well. <laughs> Walls, I was going to tell you, Michigan came in uh, a few weeks ago, and, and they talk like uh, during their inside run, they go full speed tackle to the ground. They acted like maybe even into the year. But they go they go true nine on seven, so they don't, they don't let their safeties go in there. Obviously, they're big enough. They're Michigan that they can stop most of the runs just seven in the box. But um, they said that that's been the best for them. They got a lot of good work out of it. And they, you know, in their opinion – where a lot of the injuries came from was those extra safeties or corners or whoever else you're bringing in there, um, not necessarily even from going full speed to the ground or, or at least hard thud. So they do that, uh, and, and they just don't bring their safeties in. So it was kind of interesting to hear from them. Yeah, that must be, must be why they got steamrolled these last two games. <laughs> <laughs> they played well the first, however many, 12. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have any tailbacks left the last two games. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting though that you say that i mean i i still think you know the the best way to get used to to playing football and i'm sure coach somo will agree but you you got to be able to get tackled at some point you know and i think you know for your running backs and and even some of your running qbs you know obviously you got to be smart about it but there's there still needs to be some of that aspect so guys get used to breaking tackles not going down, and then obviously for me early in the season, not fumbling is huge. Well, you saw that yeah. a lot with UCF today. Um, they said that quarterback that they've got in now, I think which was their second string, now he's their he's a running quarterback, but I think he gave up two or three fumbles in the conference final and like the very, I don't know, in the first quarter he already had fumbled in um, in the game. And I would assume that a lot of that is, is comes from he doesn't ever get tackled in practice because he's a quarterback. Right, yeah. So, I yep. mean, you know, you can, you can work it all you want, but if you're not really doing it in practice, uh, how much better are you going to get at it? Not, I mean, I, I firmly believe that, too. If he's not getting hit a lot, then how's he going to get used to hanging on the football? I mean, I know tip, most of the time we're a, you know, we're a full contact. We just don't take our guy down to the ground most right. of the time. Uh, there are days where we, you know, we'll get after it a little harder than we normally would. But most of the time it's hit them, wrap them up, just don't take them down and, you know, stay off the leg. You don't, you know, I'm sure you guys are the same way. You don't That's want right. any unnecessary injuries uh, on a Wednesday practice when you're fixing to play, you know, for a district title, you know. I I even see that like in scrimmages a couple that we, we lost a kid one year because uh, he got tackled low. I mean, in a scrimmage and you're like, dude, I mean, I get it. You know, you're, you're a smaller DB, but at the same time, you know, we got to take care of ourselves, you know, and then he hits the kid and the kid blows his knee out. But oh, yeah. you know, at the same time, a kid doesn't want to get trucked in a scrimmage either, you know. So, I mean, oh, yeah. it's and then, kind you of a double-edged Quick whistle, tag out, you know. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's one thing that, that I always – I'm like, those scrimmages, and you got officials there, you know, your first two scrimmages, you're like, guys, blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. That's right. <laughs> they got him. Blow it, you know. Coach, do yeah. you guys still do the uh, two scrimmages, or have you guys started doing a, uh, a zero-week game? We still do the two scrimmages. 
Um, yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm envious of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that we'll – I mean, I've never heard Coach Kynett mention that he wants to do zero-week games. Uh, I know, you know our first game of the year is always Kawita. And the last couple of years, they've done a zero-week game, and we've always gone over and, and just watched the game. Sure. Uh, see what they look like, you know. Uh, but we uh, we still do the two scrimmages. I, you know, and I get the reason we do it, and I think it's, a, you know, kind of a 6A thing. We've got some stuff worked out with Texas, so it's always always a cool thing for our kids. But, man, as, you, as a coach, you get one scrimmage, and then it's time to go play Union. It's, um, it's, it's a pretty stressful first, first of the year for sure. Oh, I can't imagine, you know, uh, having I, – I, I would prefer the two weeks because you get – I mean, honestly, it's hard for some kids to get up to a scrimmage, you know, uh, but I still think – I like it just because, like you just said, one scrimmage and then you're playing a game. I mean, right. especially in a big game because, you know, Kawita's a big game for us. That's our rival. Right. Uh, they're, they're a 5A school. You know, they're, they're starting guys – you know, they've got a defensive staff and they got an offensive group and not many other guys both both go both ways. And, you know, we're a lot smaller than them. And most of our guys are going both ways. So we need those, you know, honestly, those two scrimmages to get us in game shape. Sure, that's a that's a really big thing. And that's what it comes down to a lot with the teams that, that do have to play more kids both ways. How many, how many of your offensive linemen uh, regularly play uh, defensive line as well? I had let's let me think here. One, two, three. Uh three of my five, four of my five were uh defensive guys as well. Wow. So and so we what, had, so is that something that in going into the game that you're you know, kind of being uh cognizant about who was out on defense and who wasn't, or is it by the middle of the year they're high school kids and they're pretty well in shape that it's not as big of a deal? Uh, it takes them. It takes them several weeks, you know, especially in the heat. You know, once it starts cooling off, it gets a little easier for them. Uh, but our defensive guys do a really good job of subbing in and out, uh, not wearing them down too quick. You know, we, it, you know, like we lost our best defensive lineman uh, before the season even started. Uh, they were doing a drill, and the kid stepped wrong and tore his NCL. You Jeez. know, he was probably one of your better defensive tackles in the entire state. I mean, especially in 4A. I mean, this kid was a, a butt kicker. I mean, just just a really good act. He started on off, he had to start on offensive line, too. Uh, so we lost him on both sides of the ball. So, you know, that hurts a little bit there. So now you got you got to find somebody, two other guys probably to take his spot. So uh, that's even more guys that are going to be going both ways. And it's hard for me, you know, when we're on defense, you know, me with the iPad trying to show guys, you know, the last couple of series, You've you know, only got two. what we're doing here. I got two of them standing over there. And then, you know, sometimes I'll look down there at defense and I'll see one of my guys standing there getting a breather. I'll run down there real quick. Hey, this, look at this play right here, you know. And the next thing you know, get back in there. And I'm like, God, and you get to talk to him, you know. So that makes it pretty hard sometimes uh, to, to, to be able to communicate with those guys. So. Uh, but the, the guys that aren't on defense, they know right where to meet me most of the time. You know, I'm, I'll holler at them. They're right there, and, and I can at least go with them to show them uh, what the defense is doing, you know, where we messed up, what we need to fix, and so on. So, But it is a challenge, obviously, being at a smaller school, uh, trying to be able to communicate with all of them at once would be great. You know, we had – I think it was 14, 2014, I think I had – one guy that started both ways, maybe two, so it wasn't as challenging. Uh, but the last couple of years, it's been pretty tough to be able to get with all the guys during the game. Well, I think I think that that part's probably pretty difficult. Obviously, it is difficult because, like you said, you're talking, you tell the two, then it's like, oh well, I'll try to get with them. But if not, make sure you guys communicate that on the field. And then also, to me, kind of the, not difficult, but the interesting part is how you practice those guys and, in, in, uh, you know, how you practice those guys for offense and defense, you know, especially because as an offensive line coach, you know, selfishly, it's like, uh, I need them just two more periods. Give me two more periods than I've been. And then, but then D line coach is saying the same thing. And then you're like, Oh, they don't need to know that much on defense. It's C ball, get ball. Come on guys. And, and, you know, it's, it's kind of a friendly rivalry, but you understand obviously that overall for the team, it's best to get them, 
all the reps they need on defense. But how do you how do you um, you know share those guys? How do you guys work that in in practice so they can get optimal reps on both offense and defense? This is what's great about what we do is uh, we practice our freshmen the same time as the high school. So nice. yep. we'll go freshman O while high school D is going. So we get all our freshmen at once on offense. And then, then we'll switch midway through. We'll flop them over. So uh, we're able to get them all at once. So they don't have to worry about, you know, flip-flopping back and forth. Uh, it really works for us. Uh, and then once freshman season's over, we just – we'll go defense first, then offense second. So we get them all. We do two, you know, two separate individual periods. You know, we have your, your indie defense and then team. Uh, or they'll, they'll sometimes they'll go past scale and then you'll get the defensive line gets a little more time, maybe with some of the linebackers. And then we go offense, you know, you get your NDO and then, then your inside run and then we'll go team. So what do you do with those? What do you do with those, uh, two guys that, like you said, that weren't playing defense this year, do they stay with that freshman group on offense or do they just go over there with, with the rest of the varsity group? Oh, no. They all go defense with together. They all go offense together. And then, like, if I let's say we're freshman O, you know, you may have some JV kids, you know, your younger sophomores. We'll bring them over sure. a lot of times. Balance it if out. They're not really, yeah. And, we'll, and you know, because our freshman team this year was very small. We didn't have a whole lot. Got a small class this year. So a lot of those sophomores would come over and, and some juniors, you know. Uh, obviously, you're not going to bring over your varsity guys because your freshman wouldn't get anything done. So, you know, you bring some of those younger guys over to help you when your numbers are an issue. Uh, but the whole time on defense, all those guys are getting reps uh, on defense. And then we get them all. And then that way we can, you know, when we got guys that are working with the first group, because uh, we know they may have to sub in here and there, you know, we get them in as well. I love that. We've gone to, to something similar. Where we've, we've split practices like that too. Now, you know, the, the defensive guys always have, you know, five or six offensive linemen maybe not that many or whatever, but they're, they're like, yeah, that guy's never going to play defense. It seems like, and they, they send him down <laughs> to you and week two, he's got to go play defense. But yeah, I, I think it's, it, I think it's awesome for, for offensive linemen to learn defensive line play too, you know, to, to, oh, be able to their hands and learn that technique. And then, you know, to figure out some things that, that the defense does against them. So I think there's a lot of carryover there, but, also, I think it's really cool because now your freshman, you know, and nothing against, you know, freshman coaches out there. My dad coached freshman football for a long time, but usually they're undermanned or understaffed. And now you can get, you know, more sets of eyes or varsity sets of eyes on a lot of those younger kids. And those kids develop a lot faster, I think, too. So we've gone yeah. to some of that, maybe not with the freshmen, but I mean, they, they're doing that with us in the summer. But but our JV's gotten so much better because we've spent so much more time with those kids. Well, see, our an advantage I think to being at a smaller school is our high school staff coaches are junior high, mm -hmm. freshman and high school. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, now me, I don't uh, I don't coach seventh and eighth because uh, I have to teach first hour. But um, I do teach. I do coach the the uh, the freshman team. Help with the freshman team. So you've got. One, two, three. I mean, we all do it, but as a, you know, there's your designated four or five coaches that are freshman coaches. But during the freshman game, during the seventh, eighth grade games, all of our guys are on the sideline. You know, uh, okay. sometimes I'll have to go up and run the clock if we don't have somebody up there. But other than that, I'm down there working with the guy that that does our uh, or junior high offensive line, and I'm talking to him, and and, uh, and I'll even go talk to the kids with him. And, you know, he understands. He doesn't care. You know. Uh, you know, I'll let him know what I see, things like that. So it, it, uh, we work really well together. Uh, you know, if I see something, uh, a defensive lineman is doing, I don't have any problems. And Coach Charbonneau, who's our, and Coach Bell, our two defensive line coaches, I'll go, I can go say something. Hey, man, so and so, this, this, and you know, uh, it's not a problem. We all work well together. So that, I think that's one benefit to us coaching all of our kids. Yeah, the I mean, you talk about the program that Wagner is, and and it's it's got to be a, a a major key is being able to work with those younger girls. Obviously, you know, having good players helps, but you know, just just talking about the program of it is, you know, you've got kids that, like you said, now seventh and eighth, but then especially ninth that are all getting coached by varsity kids or varsity coaches. 
where they're already learning everything you you know the varsity does. Uh, you guys can get them coached exactly the way you want them to, uh, you know, perform. And, you know, because it's always hard, you know, you'd love for – if you just have ninth-grade coaches or just eighth-grade coaches, you know, you'd love for them to do it exactly how, you know, your high school runs it. But you also want to allow those coaches to have fun and, and you know, certain things that probably at eighth grade that don't work as well on varsity. And so you want it to be a good atmosphere. And so they get to, you know, tweak things that work a little bit more for – that group of kids and so but it is nice whenever you can actually coach those guys especially in my opinion in Indy if you can get those guys in the individual uh you know seventh eighth ninth graders you can get a lot of reps with them in Indy now there's not that big of a jump like uh sometimes we see at some of the bigger schools like at Broken Arrow where we've never seen these ninth grade kids other than summer workouts and now you know getting them into maybe even a little bit different of a stance or whatever it is you know just making things up but it just, you know, really getting them transitioned into exactly how you want it, where, uh, you know, if you've got them since they're eighth graders, then it's already a little bit more built in to where now if there is a kid that's pretty good jumping into 10th grade, he doesn't also have to learn a bunch. He already knows that now he's he's just a young 10th grader, but at least knows a lot of the offense or the defense. That's exactly right. It's uh, like right now, uh, I can already tell you what my JV offensive line is going to look like right now with the freshman coming up. And with the guys I still have that were sophomores this year, you know, uh, I've got – I graduated three linemen, so I've got three guys to fill. And, you know, we've got a huge sophomore class that's going to be juniors and a small freshman class to be sophomores. But I know of those linemen that were freshmen this year, I know who's close to being able to be ready to go right. in if we had to. And I, I've already got an idea for next year. I mean, so that is – and I already know kind of who – is going to be my freshman online next year after from watching those eighth graders. So I, I it gives you it's a big advantage I think to uh, being able to see who you've got coming up. There's no doubt in in Iowa up here we can actually do basically football practice starts in June, so it's kind of the 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 open period here. I mean you can't be in pads and things like that. So we've brought the freshmen in, so they lift with us the whole summer, and then they're also outside with us after that doing football. So like Coach Harper said, and like you said, being able to get eyes on those kids and see, you know, who's close and build some confidence in them. You know, we had a crew this last year who won, I think, one or two games as, as eighth graders. Well, now as freshmen, because they had this off season, they go like nine and one. So I think, mm-hmm. I think it, it just goes a long way for, for just, just being developed, camaraderie, all those things that, that go into it. And to me, that's, you'll see the benefits of that in two or three years. You know, that, that's and, how and I'll tell you, a huge benefit, like, in, in one thing that we, we see is, like, a lot of us guys, coaches, coach our kids, too, when they're in INSC. Mm-hmm. Of course. Like, our sixth graders this year, uh, they had two sixth-grade teams. Well, one of them, there's, there's uh, two high school coaches coaching that team because, you know, two of our guys have kids on that team. So, uh, we already know – we already have a really good idea coming up as seventh graders. You know, they're running the same offense that we run. You know, they know, you know, the linemen know the scheme. They, you know, they know they're pulling on trap. You know, they're probably pulling on sweep, things like that. The backs know which direction this fullback's going on motions for the sweep and all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, we have an idea already for that seventh grade group. And, and one thing that we've seen is seventh graders, if you have a group that say that's not, you know, that hasn't been really good, you know, we at least see improvement as they go. You know, they may be four and four seventh graders. Eighth grade, we know they're probably going to be, you know, six and two or, or a little above 500 in freshmen. We've had several freshman mm-hmm. teams that, you know, weren't very good in seventh grade, but we get them by the time they go through the, the system for two, two and a half years, that freshman year, man, they may go undefeated. Uh, so it really helps. Uh, having that is in, and I think you get that more with a small town and that's what I think that's what's great about it yeah I I love it I mean and then the, the way that we've switched to, to do practices where we've gone split field and we have two groups going so there's 44 kids getting reps at, at the same time instead of just the regular 22 and the other guys watching yeah we've just seen it explode and accelerate and I think the dividends will be paid here in these next couple of years because We've, we've really, really gone to that scheme and we believed in it. Definitely. 
Coach, I think also obviously uh, uh, an important part of a team that, that is, does want to run the ball and wants to be physically imposing is, is being able to get their player's body to be able to be physically imposing. So uh, obviously the weight room is, uh, is a huge deal, and it's something that we got to bring in obviously at Broken Arrow Strength Coach, and, and it's been a big deal. And We've got to uh, do a lot of really cool things to, to grow our strength program, but what's it like for you guys at WAC? What have, what have you guys done to – uh, you know, beef up your strength program and, and make these guys. Because like I said, I got to watch them, and, and they're big, strong kids, and, and it only helps. I mean, obviously, it doesn't matter how strong a kid is. If he's not a very good football player, he's not going to be able to play football. But if yeah. a kid's a good football player, every little bit stronger he gets makes him a little bit better. And then obviously with that, that type of an, of an offense, it helps you even more with your offensive line and running backs, and especially if a running back's going to get it, you know, 35 times a game. Well, we what the biggest issue we have is when football's over, uh, most of our kids, just because it's a smaller town, <clears throat> are going to basketball. They're going to wrestling. They're moving on to baseball. So, in the in the the fall, in the fall, early spring, we're not getting those guys, you know, because uh, uh, they're in other sports. And then sure. you got track starting up. So, uh, and me being uh, coaching golf, I'm not I'm not there. So. Uh, we do have coaches that are there in the off season that do a great job with who's in there and they're working hard. Uh, one thing that we do is we, our summer pride program uh, is, is pretty big. I know uh, we go seventh grade on up all summer long. We think they start and really start late June. I think it is. Uh, and we average, I think this last year, it was over a hundred kids, uh, from junior high on up, coming out and working out four days a week and getting after, you know, for we don't go long, but when we're there, they're working hard. You know, they're we'll split them up. We'll have one group out in the, out on the turf doing agilities, different different drills to to work on their athleticisms, and then another group's in there working out in the weight room, uh, and then we'll go by halfway, then we switch them, boom. Uh, then the you know, one group goes in, one group comes out, and, and another thing is. Uh, is being able to provide a good weight room. And our weight room for a 4A school, I think, is pretty good because they've been able to spend some money, and, and we got all new racks the last couple of years. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember what company it is they went with, but uh, it's good stuff. We got enough. We can work everybody out at once. Uh, and that, that really helps, too, have, being able to have a good weight room. So uh, and when you have administration buying in, of course, when you've been successful, it really helps. That's right. So, but you know, <laughs> you know, Coach kind of knows what he's doing when he when he puts the right guys in there to to get after it in the weight room. Uh, and our kids uh, do a pretty good job of it. You know, you you'd always like them, you know, to work harder. You know, you can always hope to work harder. Sure. But you know, we have kids that that come in and and will call you. Hey, can you come open the weight room at you know in the summer at six in the evening? You know, so a coach will go down there and open the weight room and let them come in and work out on their own if they want to. So it's uh, we. We do a pretty good job. All of us coaches are, are not just, you know, coached together, but we're all friends. We all get along. Uh, and uh, it, it helps that we all work together well uh, with other sports too. So if we need somebody in the weight room, you know, other coaches get them in the weight room. That's, that's is another, like you said, another cool part about being at a little bit smaller of a school. But my, my dad's the head coach over at Berry Hill, and they're only 3A, but um, – he, you know, a couple of cool things. He can. He actually is still the the um, sports strength coach, basically. So uh, they've went to seven hours during the day, seven school hours. So they get to have two athletics periods. So anyone right. that's in athletics gets to be in the weight room on first hour or whatever it is, and then they're also in their athletic their last period. So he actually, or I think that's all throughout the day, depending on maybe what sport or whatever it is, they get to go into weight training. So, but they get to train with him depending on the hour. And so even though his football player is playing whatever basketball, he can still lift those guys hard and he can lift those guys, you know, smartly. He's not going to do it on game day or, or different things, but he still gets to lift those football guys all throughout the year um, and then send them over during seventh hour. They get to go and do their sport, but he's not like not getting to see them again for another, you know, four months right. until football season starts again. So again, just because they are at a little smaller school, he gets to do some things like that. and then. You know, the other cool thing is during football season, having those seven periods, he gets to work them out second period and then 
seventh period, it's, it's they get to get in, get their practice in, get it done, and, and not spend a whole lot of time there. Because like you said, it is important to, to, you know, in my opinion, it's important to respect the kids and the coach's time. Right, if we're going to work, yeah. we'll put in work, let's not drag it out over three hours. we got this stuff to get done. Let's get it done. Let's work our butts off, and then let's be done, and then let you guys go home. Yeah, we, we have a six-hour wait class as well. Um, and a lot of our football players are in that. <coughs> Excuse me. So, uh, you know, I get down there seventh period for athletics and I get down there and, you know, half our team's already down there and they've already worked out. So we do get that as well. And, uh, we do lift some during the season after practice. And I know we used to do that a lot more and I can, I'm willing to bet that we'll probably start doing that more, uh, <laughs> this next year because, uh, you know, when you're used to – you go to three straight state title games in the last two years, we get beat in the quarterfinals. Uh, you know, I think some things are probably going to – we're probably going to kick it up another couple notches this next year. I'm sure. That's awesome. I bet Coach Kondik's definitely going to have that rolling again. Oh, yeah. Well, Coach, it's, it's – uh, we're kind of coming up on an hour. Uh, but the last question I normally ask everybody, and it's always really interesting to talk to offensive line coaches about it, but – uh, when you're watching another team's offensive line, uh, what's some things that they would be doing that would that would impress you about their offensive line coach? I uh, I love seeing guys that just get after it. I mean, they're mean, they're physical, they're coming off the ball hard, and just their intention is to to whip the guy in front of them. I, I love to see that, and that's what I want. I want our guys to do that. You know, that's something I I try to preach to them. Is you know you. You can be a nice guy, uh, you know, before you put the pads on. But after that, let's, you know, we, we strap it up. Let's get after it. You know, you can, you can shake hands afterwards. But that's, <laughs> that's what right. I love to see. <laughs> I love to see uh, big old guys just getting after it. Uh, that just that impresses me when I see that. Coach, is that something with your team that you guys chart somehow? Do you guys chart knockdowns or, or uh, roaches or anything like that? We we chart pancakes. Uh, and we do – I do it – we grade them, uh, grade a percentage every week. Uh, we give out offensive linemen of the week. Um, if they get so many pancakes, you know, we give out the little bone stickers to put on their helmet. So, if they get a bone, they uh, pancake, they get a bone. Um, if they get uh, a certain percent, I think if, it's, if they get 70 or 75% grade that week, they get a couple of bones. Uh, you know, and then we do uh, – one thing we do for our guys every year is we have a big hog night where we feed them and uh, go into debt when you feed a big group of offensive <laughs> exactly defensive right. linemen. Yes. So and we usually uh, we'll do that at Coach Kyle's house. All us line coaches, defense and offensive line, we we cook on the grill. You get kids bring some stuff too, and and you know we get we'll get Madden on the TV and and they'll start playing video games. But we try to we try to reward them because you know as line coaches, they don't get a lot of the credit. Uh, it's, you know, we're used to that, but we try to do something for them throughout the season to, uh, to give them a little recognition. Those are always fun too, to see, get to see your kids interact with each other away from football or just, you yeah. know, there's so many surprises where you're like, Oh, I didn't know that kid acted that way or not in a bad way, just, just different than they act around football and, I didn't, you know, or you have a kid that you think never talks and then you get him around that and he's talking all the time or whatever it is. It's, it's always interesting. I always love those dinners. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, that's the biggest thing I missed from coaching O-line was actually the, the camaraderie of the dinners. And then seriously, I think, you know, th those stats that Coach Harper talks about and, and you guys are charting too, Coach. I mean, to me, that's what the, the linemen were always, Coach, you go to play 68 and I want you to see – you know, the time I hit this dude or coach, you won't believe what I did. You probably didn't see it. Maybe it's on the <laughs> film. I mean, those are always my favorite parts because those are the little in, inside stories that, you know, they tell each other and then they'd only tell you. And, you know, not even the head coach would know about that stuff. So that's the stuff I miss about having to coach the, the skinny dudes out wide now. Oh, I can tell you, I, I uh, you know, I hold our iPad, our offensive iPad on the sideline. So I'm always watching. So when I see a guy, when they get a good pancake or they wipe somebody out, I mean, I'm the first one to see it if we don't see it during the play. So I'm, if anybody's watching me, they might see me kind of jump up and down, kind of like, ooh, you know, <laughs> look at that. But, you know, and then they'll come over, Coach, did you see my pancake on that play? And I say, oh, yeah, I saw it, you know. <laughs> and they always want to come back and watch it. So I'll, I'll, I'll pull it back up for them and, 
And, uh, but I love it. I absolutely love it. And, and, and there's nothing better than seeing a big guy uh, put somebody down, especially one of those little guys. Yeah, that's right. Well, yes. my my that's always funny for me is is the arguments and and Saturday watching film and there's guys that or or they'll pout a little bit afterwards. You didn't even show my one pancake. I mean, I, I didn't see it. That's my fault. I missed it. Or or <laughs> we won't count one of their pancakes and they'll they'll have their mm-hmm. argument. I think this one should be counted because blah blah blah. It's just always really. Oh yeah, we get we get that, and you know we'll be sitting there watching the film and and. The whole team's watching it, and then you'll hear, pancake, pancake. You know, they're hollering out, pancake, you got that, Coach? Pancake, you know, and, and I'll miss them. So, right. uh, and after the yeah. film, I go to Coach Bell, who keeps track of all the stats, and I say, okay, you know, Will had another two pancakes, so instead of four, he's got six, you know, whatever it may be. So, it's uh, it's never-ending about the pancakes. That's they are right. on me constantly. And they're great, too, Coach. I didn't get it, you know, I'll give him an 87. Man, I had a 90. I know I had a 90, you know, whatever it may be. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what, you go grade it, write everything down, I'll look back at it again, or we can watch it together. And, and uh, you know, if it's better, then then I'll give you a better grade. Anyone ever take you up on that? Or like, ah, whatever, all right. You know, I had, a couple years ago, I had a kid uh, who didn't get to play a whole lot, but he got in. Uh, you know, we blew somebody out, and he got to play a lot of the second half. And, uh, you know, we, we make it – you got to have 10 plays to get graded. Mm-hmm. So, he got 15, 20 plays, whatever it was, and came in. I graded him out at a – I can't remember what it was. It wasn't great, but it was all right. <laughs> and he was griping at me. And I told him, I said, you go grade it yourself. Write down what plays they are. Tell me if you got a plus or a minus on that, you know. And, uh, you know, I grade them on did they, did they do the right – did they get their assignment? Did they go hard? You know, did they keep their block? You know, typically three things to get a plus or a minus. And uh, so he comes back and he wrote it down. I mean, he had a, a written out script, you know. <laughs> you know, if he got a minus, he wrote down, got to my guy but didn't maintain my block. You know, he slips off of me or this or that or, or I pancake my guy or whatever. Well, his grade came out. And he said, see, I told you. And I said, well, did you figure it up? <laughs> well, no. And sure enough, figured it up. And it was almost the exact same score. <laughs> and, and I told him, I said, I'm going to tell you what. And so I taped that up on my desk got a little whiteboard behind my desk where I sit and that thing set up there in fact he was a senior this year didn't get to play for us great kid just just didn't have it you know but I kept that up there and at the end of the season I took it down I took it to him I said do you want this no man I don't want that I don't want that he said just keep it on your desk and just tell these other kids if they ever come in and gripe that you know you're probably right so uh, I went in I take it back up on there on my desk so that thing will probably be up as long as I'm uh, here and that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it'll allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.